0: Hey there, this is Lieutenant Stockwell. If you're enjoying this audio fiction adventure of that bonehead, August Reardon, why not support the author and pre-order a copy of his latest Reardon book, Geisha Confidential. Follow the link in the episode description. Geisha Confidential by Mark Coggins Stockwell says buy it. No Hard Feelings by Mark Coggins is a bang-bang thrill ride, says best-selling author Seth Harwood. Who adds that the lead character of Winnie is a female Jack Reacher? Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 7 Reardon We decided it was too risky to leave the trailer before daylight, since we had no way of knowing if the two Southern California Edison employees were waiting in ambush. I sacked out on the floor and Winnie slept on the couch, even though she insisted it didn't matter where she slept, as long as she had a pillow. Ray also offered her his bed, but she flatly refused that comfort muttering something about bedbugs and B.O. when he was out of earshot. Despite her continued hostility toward him, Ray got up early the next morning and cooked us all pancakes using a mold in the shape of an airplane. We sat around the tiny hutch in the kitchen and watched while Ray drowned his squadron of buckwheat aircraft in a gallon of syrup. I made do with half a squadron and nearly as much syrup while Winnie nibbled on one lonely pancake and chugged a glass of milk and a raw egg. I pointed at the nose of one of the planes on my plate. Is this an F-4 Phantom Ray? No, he said, not even bothering to chide me for abbreviating the name. Jets don't have propellers. I know what you're doing. What am I doing? You're trying to distract me from asking about what's going on. Well... It's not going to work. What the hell is going on? Winnie and I looked at each other across the table. I inclined my head her direction. I hate to steal your thunder, I said. All right, she said without enthusiasm, and then launched into a condensed version of the story she had told me earlier. Watching her talk, I realized that her body language was subtly different than that of a normal person. She rarely gestured with her hands, crossed her arms in front of her when she was disengaged, or leaned into a conversation when she was interested. Perhaps she felt the effort to mimic these usually unconscious movements and positions was wasted. Only her face gave any indication of her emotional state. And I noticed that she often went out of her way to keep her expression neutral. Now she sat with her arms at her side, face blank, talking in a monotone as she explained to Ray how her husband and co-workers had been murdered, how their company had been destroyed, and how she had been hunted across the country by the winemaker's thugs. By the time she finished her story, Ray had long since stopped eating. He pushed back his plate and pointed at me with his fork. And what does he have to do with this mess? He's the one who maimed the winemaker and sent him to Cochrane. Cochrane State Prison? Yes. Why? Ray got up and retrieved the morning paper from where he'd left it in the living room. He held up the front page. Explosion at Cochrane State Prison. Fifty inmates killed. George Donovan escapes. That's why. Winnie jumped up from the table and snatched the paper out of Ray's hands. She scanned the article then slapped the paper back into Ray's guts. He's settling more scores, she said. Scores, I said. What did those 50 inmates do to him? Winnie bit her lip and looked away from me. It was one of the few physical displays of emotion I'd seen her give. You understand what you did to him, right? Yes, I understand. I shot him in the back after he fucking broke my teeth and kneecap. You shot him in the back and paralyzed him from the waist down. He went to prison in a wheelchair. It won't surprise you to learn that he wasn't popular there. From what I heard, he got on the wrong side of one of the gangs. They used him. Does that mean what I think it does? Yeah. They beat and gang-raped him, tied his arms behind his back, and suspended him from the ceiling. Then they... That's enough. I choked back the taste of bile, feeling like the airplane pancakes in my gut were getting ready to take flight. Jesus! I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but Jesus! How did he even survive? They made sure he did. They dumped him outside the infirmary when they were done. They wanted him broken, but not dead. But they miscalculated. He was so badly injured they had to move him to a hospital in Fresno. It was child's play to bust him out of there. When he recovered, he started his rampage. How do you know all this? I went down to Fresno to interview the hospital staff. They gave me the whole story. But where does this Donovan character fit in? Asked Ray. The article says he escaped in a helicopter. Winnie laughed and looked over at me. Now we know why the insignia on the vests seem familiar. We do? George Donovan was a high muckety muck at Praetorian, which, as you will now recall, was a private security firm hired to protect U.S. Embassy employees during the Iraq War. He was jailed for machine gunning civilians while leading a team of contractors in Baghdad. I groaned. I did remember. Donovan was an ex-Navy SEAL, and Praetorian was staffed with others just like him—special forces operatives, soldiers, and retired law enforcement agents. Are you saying the winemaker is in league with Donovan, with all of Praetorian? I'm saying it explains where the winemaker got the teams of men to send after me. I doubt it's all of Praetorian. Just some hot numbers from Donovan's Rolodex. I nodded. But what's in it for Donovan? His own people could have arranged the prison break. Why throw in with a winemaker? Suddenly, for no reason that I could see, she got angry. You, of all people, should understand. How did the winemaker break your teeth and kneecap? He ran you into a brick wall. The version of the technology I have enables me to control my own body with my own thoughts. He is using it to control other people to turn them into electronic slaves. Think of the military applications. Shock troops, kamikaze warriors, God knows what else. She yanked the paper out from Ray's grasp once more and held it under my nose. This is serious, deadly serious, and you don't seem to get that. It's more than just you and me. It's fucking geopolitical. We shouldn't have sent those guys away last night with an idiotic story about toy airplanes. We should have captured them and tortured them until they told us where to find the winemaker. She threw down the paper. Is any of this sinking in? We can't afford to play a waiting game. We've got to fix the mistake the gang made at Cochrane. Have been listening to "No Hard Feelings," a finalist for the Forward Reviews Book of the Year Award. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com.